Welcome to What Happens in This House Stays in This House Strength Over Silence podcast. I am your host, Tammy Montgomery Dozier. Once again, thank you for listening. So, guys, I am so excited this week about this week's guest. This is my cousin, Lakeisha Duyan. Did I pronounce your name right? You got it right. You got okay, it right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Lakeisha, say hello to everybody. Hello, everybody. Good. So, you know what? I have you on here. Because I have been admiring you from a distance. You don't know this, but you have been secretly my best friend since you started. I've been looking at your website and running and stuff. <laughs> like <What? laughs> I admire you like so much with what you're doing. But just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Well, thank you for having me on. And the admiration goes both ways. Again, my name is Lakeisha. I have a podcast. It's called Soul Sisters on the Run Podcast. And it's with my good soul sister friend, Sabrina Slocum. We created this podcast because during our runs, we talk frequently. It's kind of like walking and talking, like you going out with an old friend and, and just talking about all the issues and anything that's going on in our lives, political, love, whatever it may be. So one day we joked around and said, oh, maybe we should do a podcast and just talk about living a healthy lifestyle and just everything that's going on in the world. So that's what we pretty much do. Just it's a podcast that just covers a diaspora of topics because that's what's running through our mind as we're running, because we use running as a release. Like some people may drink (laughs) to get rid of their problems. Some people may read a book, but we use running as a form of therapy. We call it run therapy for us. So it's a way to just get out all of the things that may be going on in our lives and stuff like that. So that's a little bit about the podcast. How did you get started like running, period? What happened? Had had you always been into fitness? Not at all. Never. (laughs) (laughs) I was one of the girls in school that I didn't want to get in the swimming pool. I didn't want to sweat. I just, no. (laughs) And you know this, you know, in our family, unfortunately, we have a lot of like medical conditions that we have. Like uh, my grandmother had like diabetes and like heart issues and just a lot of things that were just scary for me. And the diet that I grew up on wasn't the healthiest either. I mean, she would make fried chicken. Uh, cornbread, greens, <laughs> just a lot of fried foods and just that lifestyle in general. So it made me think like, man, I don't want to end up having these issues when I get older. So that got me into exercising. But the running started with a coworker from my job that I used to have. And she's older than me. And she introduced me to running and I could barely run. I mean, I couldn't breathe. And she was older than me. So I'm like, if she can do this, I can do this. So it, in my mind, it kind of became a competition. Uh-huh. So we did our first race together, which was the Beverly Ridge Run in uh, Beverly in Illinois here. And I really enjoyed that. And I'm like, well, if I could do this, I can continue to run. And I found a group of ladies. It's called Black Girls Run. That was in my neighborhood. So I meet with them two to three times a week. That gives me an accountability system. And again, all of them were older than me. (laughs) So like, if they're older and they have family and just a career, 
So I'm like, if they can do it, it's no excuse why I can't try to be the best version of myself. So how long did it take you like to get acclimated to running? Because, you know, you said you had never done it before. You could barely run. So when you ran your first race, how long was it before you got started to when you ran your first race? Oh, my God. So I did. And they would joke with me. I didn't do my first race until maybe like the second year of running. Okay. I just trained with them because a lot of them are already seasoned runners and they've already like been athletes before they're older but you know they've already been athletes and some of them have been in the army so like their training and ethics towards like working out was much different from a person that never (laughs) you know did it before I watched them and like been a supportive partner on running with them on their training runs for like their marathons or half marathons to just get an idea of what I needed to do before I put myself out there and did like, but the second run that I did was a half marathon before I did my first half marathon, just kind of mimic what they did to try to acclimate myself to running and changing my diet and knowing what works for me because (laughs) running and some people can, I can't, I had to change what I eat because I have a very sensitive stomach. So I couldn't eat the way I used to eat. Okay. So like the fried chicken, like even now I'm on my way. I know you may see on my hashtag, I have like vegan by 100. (laughs) My goal is to be vegan (laughs) by 100 years old because there's so many stipulations. It's like eggs and dairy and everything to eat. (laughs) But I'm close. I no longer eat any meat. I just eat like fish. So I guess I'm like more of a pescatarian, but I had to cut out a lot of that because that impacted my energy levels and how I ran and how I work out. So just a lot of that played into me becoming a better runner. And like I said, a better version of myself in my body, my temple, <laughs> you know, just monitoring what I put in my system, which is like a whole nother job in itself. Right. Right. So with everything going on with the pandemic, would you say that there are more runners out there because of their mental wellness? Because now everybody's working from home. You know, you need to get out of the house. Would you say that now that people are really, really getting into it? Or has that been what's been going on since you've been doing it? People just running it. I think like before the pandemic, running became a thing where people were signing up for all these races because the amount, the cost to get into these races have like imploded now because a lot of people are into doing races and running. Since the pandemic I don't know. Like I would say within the circle that I have, we continue to run and work out in extra, but we're not going as hard as we would normally go because we don't have any races. Okay. You know, all of the races are canceled, but some of them may have like virtual races. I mean, some people not taking that as seriously as you would if you would have did the race in person. So we're, I saw somebody get hot chocolate like last week, a week before. Yeah, yeah. So people are still doing that. It's okay, but it's virtual as far as like the new, newer runners. I haven't really seen any that have come across our group. Okay. So, and you said like a lot of times when you guys go out, you uh, is you guys are talking about different things. Do you find that? You guys pretty much have your own little community. It's like one little family, a, you know, a built-in family with each other because that's something that you guys have in common. Do you find that with the runners? 
Absolutely. It's definitely a community and it's a big community, probably bigger than what most people may think. Like I said, we're just a group that's out here that we meet in like the South Suburb Matson area, but there's another group that meet in South Holland. Then you have another branch of the group called Black Chicago Runners. They meet in Chicago. So, and everyone flow through that group. If you're downtown, someone, people may run with the Black Chicago Runners. I mean, I didn't do it this year, but usually in the summertime, I go to the lakefront. That's where they usually meet and I would run with them. But it's definitely a community, very motivational, inspirational, some great people, some great people. Awesome. Awesome. So... I know that you got invited to the New York Marathon. Tell us about that process. Oh, wow. Yeah. With this particular marathon, it was a lottery. So I did it. It was just as a joke. I didn't think I would be selected to be in it. And when I got the email, it was like at 10 o'clock at night that I've been selecting. I'm like, this can't be real. And the funny part, this is before I stopped eating chicken. I was eating like buffalo wings in a bed, just being like (laughs) reckless. (laughs) Being really reckless, not really, you know, taking myself so seriously because this is like in maybe February or something, I got an email that I was selected. But that was, I don't think I will ever do another marathon after that. The training for it, I trained 26 weeks for the mayor, 26 weeks, uh, three to four times, probably more than that, I ran. And during maybe the 18th week or so, yeah, the 18th week, I fell on my face. (laughs) I don't know, like I probably blacked out because I have this thing, and this is not a good thing for anyone is that's considering running, where I uh, backed off of eating so I can be lighter. Oh, okay. And it was my best run to date, best pace. I was running fast. I good. And I fell on my face. And well, my left side, I injured my face, which I have a scar that hasn't really healed, injured my left shoulder. And <laughs> I was just like, I don't know if, if I should be doing this. <laughs> After, I'm like, oh, well, the method that I'm using is just completely wrong. <laughs> wow. So needless to say, after that, I ate. <laughs> I eat. <laughs> I eat and not like try to starve myself and, and make sure I, I'm real rested before I run. But it took me a week or two to get back out there to run to continue to train. And I actually finished New York faster than I did the Chicago Marathon when I did that two years prior. And New York is one of five world major marathons, and it has the highest elevation. And you run through five boroughs. And I actually cried with my husband before he dropped me off to, to start the race. It took three to four hours before the race, before my section started. And I had to depart from my family, of course. And I'm like, I don't think I can do this. Because just the thought of it all, I'm like, I'm in a city. I don't know (laughs) where I'm at. (laughs) And I made the mistake. I probably shouldn't have did. I looked at the route and I looked at the bridges that we were going to have to run over. It just seemed overwhelming. (laughs) The whole 
thing. But just being there with the people, being greeted by an all black female police force that was watching us and guarding us before the race, that was cool. It was just a lot of things and running with people of all ethnicities across the world. All of that just took all the fear away. It was an amazing, an amazing race. And so you, um, you won't do it again? I think you would probably do that again. Uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's so great. I won't do it again. <laughs> <laughs> so my question to you, I was listening to your podcast with the, what was it, Lyles? Is that their, was that their last names? Yeah. Uh-huh. And so it sounds like they've been running for a while. And then the progression was to run a triathlon for them with some, some of them. Is that something that you think that you would ever do? I don't know. Because the triathlon, you have to know how to run, bike, and swim. The issue I have, I don't know how to bike or swim. (laughs) (laughs) That's the issue. Most of the people that, uh, the run group that I've been mentioning during our discussion, they know how to bike and swim. Okay. They just not a one-trick pony. They do both. And some of them, after we run, they go bike and swim. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) They are really well-rounded in their fitness and their workouts. And that is the progression. A lot of them, after they do run, and I know you heard the conversation with the Lyles, they do go on to biking. And that's what most of them did this summer, it seems. A lot of them, it's a biking group, too, where they meet up, like, on Sundays and I think, yeah, I think it's mostly during the weekend, but a little bit during the week, but they meet up and they bike. Okay. And some of them, they meet at the lakefront and they swim, open swim in the lake. So I do want to learn how to swim. I don't know about the biking thing. As I get older, I don't want to break nothing. I'll get a stationary bike, but not a a bike bike. But the swimming thing, I do want to learn how to do. But I don't know if I'm interested in doing, that's a lot of work. <laughs> that's a lot of training. So I have been trying to like, last year I had signed up for, which one was it? The bubble run. And I couldn't find anyone to go with me to do it. Because that's what I would like to start doing. I would like to get into running. and so. But the problem is, I couldn't find anybody to do it with me. So would you suggest that I find me a group? Because yes. I'm a novice at this because yes. I know to do it. Yes. Like I said, we're out here. I'm out here. I don't know why you didn't ask me. I and know. <laughs> the group intimidating. Now, when I see you like, okay, eight mile run, I'm like, well, I'm going to have to walk and run, you know, two no, It's all levels though. It's okay. all levels. Everybody isn't like full out sprinting and running. It's a group that walks. Is some people that walk, run. That's the beauty of the group. Everybody is at a different level. It's kind of intimidating. Like, oh my God, eight miles. I'm like, I can't even walk one mile right now, you know? So that's what it is. And I think it's, it becomes like your own fear. So what would be your suggestion? Like for if other people are listening and people are like me and they feel intimidated and, you know, they want to get out there and do it, but they just don't know how to start. What would you tell them? Start. Start. <laughs> <laughs> don't, start, 
input that much because every when I post the eight miles, it feels like it's my very first run every time. And I act a fool every now and then, like it's my very first run. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a struggle. Some days it's just a struggle. It's like, you know, life. You tired, you don't eat the right things, you make the wrong, and then it you feel it. <laughs> That's the thing about you feel it. But I would say just start off. If you're a novice, I would just say start off doing one now. Okay. And do that for a couple of weeks. And then progress on to maybe doing two miles. And then just go up to three miles. And you don't even have to run. A walk is just as good as a run. Okay. A walk is, I let me tell you this. One of the half marathons that I did, <laughs> we, it was just a local half marathon in South Holland. It's called the Heritage Hall. And we did the half marathon, but it was a lady that walked because you couldn't walk too. It was a group of people that walked and she won like a hundred or two hundred dollars just for walking a 3K in 45 minutes. Wow. Correct. Because I know I can't win a half marathon. I'm not good like that, but I'm like, I need to change my goals. Like (laughs) I can can focus on walking. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a fast walker. I'm like, I need to walk, work on walking. I mean, a walk is, right. is running. I mean, if you don't run, I say start off walking at, at a brisk pace and then add a light jog and then walk again. But there are like some couch to 5K programs out there that I can send you as well that you can follow. But I was just say just start walking maybe a mile okay. one week and then just amp it up and push yourself according to how you feel. So do you, so do you about like morning walks or late nights or whichever one is you're more comfortable with? Or is anyone better than the other? Pref- I prefer doing stuff in the morning. That's just me. I think my energy level is there. Mm-hmm. I hate getting up in the morning, but once I'm up, I'm up. Right. And I give it like a thousand percent in the morning. And it just jumpstart my day. You think you mentally you're able to handle work better because you know like- oh, yes, much better. You can just get it out versus like the after in the evening. I'm tapped out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ta- I mean, I've done workouts in the evening, but it's not as good as what I can give it in the morning. But that's just me and you as a person gotta figure out what works for you. Cause some people like the uh, evening mm-hmm. workouts. I think it would be better for me to get up, get to going, and call it a day. Yeah. Mm, I like to get things over. I'm an early riser. I like to get things done and out the way. So how often do you do your podcast? The podcasts we do are once a month. We may throw in an extra one in there every now and then, like a special one. But right now, it's been once a month. So how do we... uh Listen to your soul on the run. And soul is spelled S-O-L-E, Soul Sisters on the Run podcast. How do we listen? Yeah, Soul Sisters on the Run podcast. It can be found on Spotify, uh, Apple, Anchor, anywhere you find your podcast. But uh, some of the major ones, as I mentioned, is Spotify, Apple, um, Anchor. You can definitely find us there. So do you guys like do any coaching with people or if they wanted to get in contact with you about you know, what you're doing, how would they do that? We also have a Facebook page and an Instagram page, which is Soul Sisters on the Run podcast. 
And we also have an email that you can email us should you have questions after listening to one of our podcasts and we can connect you with some resources as well. It's Soul Sisters on a Run podcast at gmail.com. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for being on my show. So I ask everybody this last question all the time. And the question is, when it's all said and done, what legacy do you want to leave behind? Hmm. What legacy? That I gave it my all. That I gave it my all and I didn't leave anything hanging. That I gave it my all. And everything that I did, I hope it shows. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, again, thank you for being on my show. I appreciate it. You gave me a little hope for myself. So I'm going to get out there and I'm going to try this. Guess what I'm going to do? So this is what, 11-19-2020. I'm going to say by 11-19-2021, I'm going to maybe have ran a mile. I'm not going to. You know, again. <laughs> you got you got to up it a little bit more than that, Tim. You can do more than a mile in a year. Okay, give me something, Keisha. Give me something. You can at least do three miles. Three miles. All right. I'm I right. Because the world open back up and you find a race and you can't find nobody, you can give me a call. <laughs> Thank you so much. But I'm going to check out the, you said Black Girls Run? Black Girls Run, Black Chicago Runners. And I'll invite you to those groups. But yeah, it, they're a great source. And like I said, it's all levels. And it's no, if I can do it, you can definitely do it. Because I wouldn't consider, prior to this, running and stuff, I wouldn't have considered myself to be an athlete. But after you run a marathon, they say like the training that you do is similar to what an athlete does. Oh, wow. um, so you can definitely do it. All right, well, I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to put it out there that this is my goal and what I'm going to do. So again, thank you, Ms. Keisha. Uh, thank you all for listening to What Happens in This House Stays in This House Strength Over Silence podcast. I'm your host, Tammy Montgomery Dozier. Uh, you can reach me at 773-251-5537. My website, www.connectedbyloveconsulting.net. Uh, I do have two books, Addicted to Pain, that you can purchase on Amazon, as well as from Fats to Freedom. Thank you, guys, and have a great week.